This is a podcast by The Straits Times. The much-awaited meeting between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping has taken place in Bali, offering the world a glimmer of hope. Smiling for the cameras and shaking hands, they pledged to maintain open lines of communication between top officials, to manage tensions and to avoid conflict. U.S.-China relations hit a low point in recent years over issues ranging from Taiwan to the South China Sea, trade practices and U.S. restrictions on Chinese technology. Let's bring in China correspondent Denson Chong in Beijing and U.S. Bureau Chief Nermo Ghosh in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us. Now, Denson, to you first. Both presidents struck a conciliatory tone, sending a message of de-escalation, a contrast to the tone that President Xi Jinping had been taking in recent months. But is that how you see it? Do you think conciliation is in sight? Well, well Suen, I think, uh, well, de-escalatory, yes, but I wouldn't go so far to say that. Uh, you know, they, they were both conciliatory. I, I think it's a hopeful sign, you know, that both sides had agreed, you know, that they should manage their competition and, and, and not, you know, uh, let it veer into conflict. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you look at the statements, um, the readouts, you know, of the meetings uh, that, that we've seen last night, um, you know, there are very, very stark differences uh, between the positions of, of, of uh, either side. You know, on the issue of Taiwan, for, for instance, you know, Biden was, was, uh, had raised objections uh, to what he called uh, China's aggressive actions in the Taiwan Strait, you know, and Xi Jinping, you know, was saying that this was a domestic issue and it should not be used by the U.S. to contain China. Xi also said, you know, that the world, you know, is big enough for the two countries to develop and coexist. And, and Biden basically said that, you know, the U.S. would continue to compete with China. So, you know, there is a sense, um, you know, that both sides come to this meeting uh, with their own positions. Uh, and we know, we're, in a sense, we're talking past each other. Um, you know, I, I think uh, this is not the first time um, that these two presidents uh, have been speaking to each other. You know, there have been multiple meetings, including with the different officials. You know, so so I think there's the positions on either side uh, are, are very very clear uh, at this point to to uh, both parties. Um, and yet, you know, yesterday uh, in Bali, you know, there was no sign of compromise. You know, looking at the, the statements that have come out. So speaking about the two sides, what about the U.S.'s side? What is the view from the U.S. normal? The tensions and issues are not simply going to go away just after one meeting, no matter its tone. How will President Biden manage the relationship going forward? Yes, absolutely. They will not go away. Fundamental positions remain unchanged. This meeting was a recognition that the two powers will have to coexist or co-destruct. Uh, they cannot let this uh, competition get out of hand. And it was an overdue meeting for two years for the leaders of the two, uh, these two superpowers not to meet was in itself unusual and a commentary on the, on the bad state of the relationship, which almost, which, which almost took on a military dimension after Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, if you remember, in August. So this was an attempt to stop this downward spiral to build a flaw, as U.S. officials uh, said, and the very fact that they are uh, re-engaging on a broad diplomatic front, uh, you know, on climate change and various other aspects, is seen as a very hopeful sign that um, they will avoid uh, the risk of escalating into outright conflict. And uh, there's a recognition on both sides that that should not happen, because that would be a disaster, not just for the two countries, of course, but you know, for the planet as a whole. 
So there's very much a recognition of that. And um, the, the sense is that the U.S. will still com continue to compete against China strategically and tactically, but it will not allow these they will both not allow these uh, this competition to get out of hand. And the fact that uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken is going to follow up with a visit to China are all seen as hopeful signs that the areas of disagreement, which will remain very much there, will still be will be managed. Now, speaking of disagreement, Jensen, let's focus on the issue of Taiwan. President Xi telling President Biden that Taiwan is the first red line that mustn't be crossed. So there's no real change there, right? How much of a pain point in the U.S.-China relationship do you think that the Taiwan issue will be? Taiwan will continue to be a major point of friction, uh, you know, for the for the two superpowers. Um, you, you know, the, the Chinese side devoted you know, considerable space. Uh, to lay out their position on Taiwan uh, in their statement last night. Um, and, you know, I think the point here is that they, they want to tell the, the, the Americans that, you know, Taiwan basically is, is uh, not an issue for you to use to, to try and uh, contain us or put pressure on us. You know, and I was watching uh, Biden's press conference uh, last night. Uh, you know, he was, he, was, he was at pains, you know, to try and emphasize that uh, the U.S.'s uh, one-China policy uh, was not changing, has not changed, um, but I don't think that's how uh, the Chinese see it. Uh, he also told reporters, you know, that he hoped uh, Mr. C would, would realize that he, uh, I, I quote, you know, he says something like, he means what he says and he says what he means. But if that's the case, you know, Biden has said some stuff on Taiwan that I think the Chinese are quite unhappy with. He, for example, has said uh, uh, that he would deploy U.S. troops to defend the island in the event of a Chinese invasion. So I think all these things uh, um, are kind of signals uh, to the Chinese that um, the U.S. would continue to, to use Taiwan you know, as, a, as a sort of uh, issue to put pressure uh, on China. Um, I, think the, and I think it will prompt the Chinese to conduct even more uh, aggressive military drills or, or to boost their military capabilities uh, in the event uh, you know, that, that, that uh, push comes to shove uh, over Taiwan. I think the issue here is that both sides are sort of locked uh, in some sort of security dilemma uh, over Taiwan, you know, where sort of defensive measures are interpreted by the other side, you know, as, as measures that are offensive in nature. So, so I think um, it will continue to be uh, a flashpoint, um, and I think it, it really boils down now to whether uh, there can be meaningful dialogue over this issue uh, between both parties. It definitely sounds like there still remain some pain points between the two countries. Now, normal, President Biden has said that he doesn't want conflict, but the U.S., as the both of you have mentioned, will continue to compete vigorously with China. What will you be watching out for, given that there's an American election in 2024? That's a good point. Uh, uh, President Joe Biden has a two-year horizon that we know of, right, which is, which is uh, much less than uh, President Xi Jinping has. And that's a very real problem. It's a structural problem inherent in the way America, the American system. Um, a Republican-controlled House, it's still up in the air, but it still looks like the Republicans will control the House with a very narrow majority. A Republican-controlled House will likely be more hawkish um, on China than even even than the Democrats and and you could argue that the Biden administration had, has actually been more hawkish on China than the Trump administration was. They've been much more tactical and strategic. The export controls on high tech equipment, for example, high, uh, uh, used for the uh, high end chip manufacturing. That is all seen as trying to contain China, even though the U.S. says it's not about containment. China sees it as containment. 
President Biden cannot afford to look soft on China. That that's the key thing. He's now contemplating another run at the presidency in 2024. He is uh, encouraged. The Democrat Party is encouraged by the fact that they didn't do so badly in the midterms. They did pretty well, relatively speaking, and um, they are looking at uh, more and more measures to. Uh, compete against China on tech, on 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 a range of issues, uh, and they will continue to supply weapons to Taiwan. They will continue to beef up uh, relations um, and the supply of weapons with with their allies in the region. Uh, that is going to continue. Uh, President Biden will have to fend off and manage and balance the hawks in Congress who are calling for stronger measures against China. He will have to fend that off because that will come from. Both for two for two reasons. Um, one uh, genuine concern th- that is their perception that China is the number one threat. It is a problem for the U.S. The U.S. is faced with an existential threat, and also number two to chip away at uh, pr- at President Biden because of the uh, upcoming election. Uh, chip away at him politically. So he has his hands. He is going to have his hands full controlling all this. But there will also still be measures the U.S. will take to. Um, crimp China's ability to, you know, perform uh, in terms of tech and so on and so forth. It is in, in, in it is in the U.S. interest to limit China's abilities across a broad front while still cooperating, hopefully, and that's seen as a good sign over here on existential issues like climate change, pandemics and so forth. And also there is coming convergence on the issue of Ukraine. Now, over here in, in the U.S. and specifically in D.C., there has been a perception propagated more by China hawks, actually, that China and Russia are close to being allies or future allies. Uh, and President Biden clearly does not um, buy into that theory. Um, I think uh, a lot of analysts feel that down the road, when Ukraine has retaken some of the territory it has lost to Russia, China will actually be more, China and the U.S. will actually be more aligned on the issue of Ukraine. If you remember at uh, at Bali, they did speak out against the use of nuclear weapons in these conflicts and so forth. So uh, President Biden has left with a delicate um, balancing act where the U.S. will definitely compete with China. But, uh, they, you know, because of the uh, enhanced engagement, diplomatic engagement, they will talk about it and not let it get out of hand again. It definitely sounds like the development of the diplomatic relationship between the U.S.-China is going to be ever-changing. Thank you so much for your input, Normal and Danson. U.S. Bureau Chief Normal Ghosh and China Correspondent Danson Cheong. Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell icon to be notified of new videos. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.